0: You are listening to The Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 43, March 9th, 2021. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants.
1: Hi, this is Mike Bichick, co-founder and CEO of Wisely, and you're listening to Skip on The Tech Chef Podcast
0: strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cooking up for the date. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Greetings, my tech chef family, and welcome to another weekly dose of restaurant, hotel, and hospitality technology information and updates. We talk weekly to industry influencers and vendors that are making a difference in our lives. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's show. And if you are joining us for the first time, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button anywhere where you are finding the show. We literally are on every possible podcast channel you could think of, including a spot on the hospitalitytech.com website. Thanks to our partnership with Hospitality Network and the Restaurant Technology Network. Speaking of the Restaurant Technology Network, I was just seeing on my calendar that a save the date for Mertech popped up and that I actually made that last year as I was at uh, last year's convention. Now, if we were in non-COVID times, we would be all together right now. Think about that. Having said that, Mertech will be happening this year, but it's going to be a virtual event this spring and is scheduled for April 13th and 14th. And you can register online right now at mertech.com. This will be two full days of amazing content, as usual. So it is an event that you do not want to miss. I am hoping that this is the last virtual event we will have to attend as a group. And the next time I announce another big show, I'll be talking about what city it's going to be in and giving you my flight details. I am so ready for that day. Today, as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this show when it launches, the RTN is also introducing the industry's first menu synchronization standard. This follows on the heels of the industry's first API, where the two really fall hand in hand with each other. And if you're interested, check out the RTN website at restauranttechnologynetwork.com to register today for this event. If you miss it or are listening to the show after March 9th, don't worry. There will be plenty of opportunities to see this replayed. As a matter of fact, I will be dedicating a couple of upcoming shows specifically to these two new initiatives, So you will get plenty of information on these topics. I promise you that. Joining me on the podcast today is somebody I became familiar with a few months back and started to really examine their product because I had heard so much about it. Not being familiar with it and for it to have such a positive response in the community only intrigued me further. After seeing a couple of demos and being fully impressed with what they had to offer, I thought it was important to bring on the leader of their ship to talk in more detail about their product, Wisely. Mike Bitchik is Wisely's CEO and co-founder. Wisely enables restaurants to personalize every aspect of their guest experience in the restaurant and online. Wisely's solution, wait list and reservations, table and order management, CRM and marketing automation, Guest sediment and CDP have attracted innovative brands, both large and small, including Bar Taco, California Fish Grill, Chewy's, First Watch, Global Franchise Group, Lazy Dog, P.F. Chang's, Sonny's, Wings, etc., and many more. Mike was also recently named one of the most influential solution providers in the country, according to national restaurant news readers. Mike grew up in the industry as a server, and after college, Worked on customer acquisition and retention at Accenture, where his clients included American Express and Microsoft. We pack a lot in the next 25 minutes, so be prepared to take notes. If you're driving right now, don't worry, we'll tell you all about how you can get more detailed information at the end of the show. Joining me today, we have Mike Vichik, the CEO and co founder for Wisely. I believe you're all the way up there in Michigan. Are you not, Mike?
1: Yes, sir. Ann Arbor. But uh, our team is a modern team. We're spread out throughout the country. And we have uh, a couple of folks in Canada, one in Germany, one in Italy. So a modern, a modern team.
0: Well, hopefully you're unthawing by this time up there, or at least, uh, the starts of it. I know I grew up in the Midwest, so I know March, you could still get another big snowstorm around St. Patrick's day. So hopefully that, that won't happen. Um, first of all, I would like to kind of dig into a little bit about your background, um, prior to joining wisely. And then I want you to talk about why you started wisely as a product.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I think the answer to why we started this company is largely based on the backgrounds of the the founders, including myself. So growing up, I worked in restaurants. I was a server uh, in a restaurant inside of a country club throughout high school and college. And uh, my parents were both teachers and we didn't belong to any country clubs, but it was just the best paying job I could get at the time. So one of the things that uh, they, they train folks on when they come on board is whatever the expectations are of quote, unquote, a normal restaurant, imagine those at a country club are even one step above that, because these people pay uh, to be members. So we have to know their name, we have to know their spouse's name, their kids' names, what they like to drink, what they like to eat, their hobbies, and make it a two-way street, right? Learn, Share stuff about yourself and actually build a relationship with them. And so that was um, pounded into my head, and I'll, I'll never forget uh, how, how kind of, there was a few examples of, of hospitality that that went through there, but one of them was, uh, there was a guy that sat in my section and he had a USS Arizona hat on. This is one of my first times serving. I had a, like a Monday lunch, three table section in the corner, right. Where, you know, the lowest risk time and section you could give a newbie. And, uh, this guy had a USS Arizona hat on and I just asked him if he was in the Navy during the war. And he said he was, and I told him my grandfather flew B-24s in the war, and we we hit it off and had a good conversation. And I remember that his name was Bill and that he ordered an Arnold Palmer. So next time Bill came in, he ordered an Arnold Palmer. Third time he sat in my section, I went to the service station and, uh, and made him an Arnold Palmer. And then, and then before I even went over his table and I just set it down, I said, hey, Bill, good to see you. And he was blown away that some kid who was 15 Remembered who he was and that he liked uh, Arnold Palmer's. And so from then on, he started giving me uh, better tips. And then lo and behold, he started telling my managers that Mike's the reason why I come in. And then they started putting me in better sections on better days. So it was this thing that, you know, kind of just became obvious. It's like it, it didn't cost me anything. This guy really liked it. He came in more. He had a better time. My managers were happier because he spent more money. And I was happier because, you know, I got paid better. So, it was costless. All I had to do was care. Uh, That I think I never thought, like I said, I never thought that would be consequential, but it turns out that it is. And then after college, I spent five years at Accenture uh, in the corporate strategy practice on the quantitative marketing side of things. So customer lifetime value, customer profitability, customer acquisition costs for a lot of fortune 50 brands. And so I saw the state of the art of what those companies were doing and how they were aligning everything about their businesses behind uh, the LTV of their customers. I think that's only gotten more true, uh, you know, in, in industries like retail and e-commerce in years past. So wisely, you know, we we started the the, I, the company has evolved a little bit. We had three different consumer apps uh, initially. None of them worked. Uh, ha- happy to get into that at a later date if if that's interesting to you guys. But um, you know, our our whole mission as a company, we we work on behalf of the restaurant brand. We do not have a consumer brand. And our mission is to essentially improve the lifetime value of our clients' diners, the guests, and full stop. I think that's not the care of any single department. It's something that every single department needs to care about from a strategy point of view at the C-level and at the board level, You know, understanding who your customers are, why they come in, why they stop coming in, how that's changed over time. That's critically important from an ops perspective, recognizing the regulars, uh, from a marketing perspective, right person, right time, right message. And then even from a culinary and from a labor training and real estate perspective, there's really important aspects there as well. But um, that's a little bit about my background and, and why we started the company.
0: So in the more I've dug into your company over the past few months, I wish I would have known about this a few years ago, because I could have uh, definitely utilized some of its capabilities. Now, what's interesting about your product, it's kind of broken down currently into four different areas of, of I don't want to say expertise, but four different segments of different capabilities. Um, one of those, and I like to talk about each one of those, is the uh, reservation and wait list. Can you tell me, is that like, uh, I don't want to bring up competitors names out there, but, uh, I know there's several of them out there. So what does your system do and what does it do different that the competitors don't do?
1: Yeah. I mean, fundamentally it, it is, I think there's two parts to it. There's the guest part of it. And then there's the, uh, you know, what I'll call data science or, or AI side of it. Right. The get side of it, make sure that you never miss a regular, and it is a fully you know, like our CRM that exists in the cloud is continuously in sync with the waitlist and reservation system. So, a couple of how does that work? A couple of examples. One is if you, you if you're a restaurant brand that does not have a loyalty program, right? Uh, you just run wisely, and you have someone who's one of your best customers, and they join the waitlist. You can set it up to where that person, without having been part of a loyalty program, is tagged as a VIP or as a top 20% uh, lifetime value customer or as someone who's lapsed or as someone who gave us bad feedback. Any of the data that you collect on the guest, you have access to in real time when someone joins the waitlist as a walk-in, when they join the waitlist online, or when they make a reservation as well. So, you know, it's fundamentally about like get the, the uh, never miss a regular, right? You always want to recognize them. So, I think that's one differentiator. Um, it's a little squishier in terms of ROI. Obviously, I think a lot of restaurants really care about their experience. The stuff that's easier to measure, though, is, you know, things related to uh, like essentially seat utilization or revenue per seat hour, rev cash, right? So, better quoting, reducing times that a table sits open between turns. Uh, those are all super
0: quantifiable metrics that we drive as well. Now, another piece of your software is the host section. Now I, I'm assuming that is a, um, something for the host station to use for like a seating table chart, for instance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you can think of, and we kind of, on our website, we break it out into those four, but really waitlist and reservations and host are just looking at the same product through a different angle, Right. The waitlist and reservations is kind of from the guest's perspective, how they book, how they interact with the system. Uh, host is the same exact product, but just looking at it through the eyes of the host, right? So how does it make their job easier? Uh, we focus a lot on ease of use and making sure that it's like as few taps as possible because the last thing we want is to have hosts staring down into an iPad as opposed to having their eyes up on a guest. We, we take a lot of care and we actually have our team uh, in go run the door at, you know, nine, $10 million restaurants. And, and cause it's a special hell right? If you have a 20, 30, 40 person wait list and everyone, I mean, less, less, maybe less uh, over the past year than years prior, I think in the months ahead, it's going to come back in a pretty ferocious way, wait list that is, but like, it's really unique to have hungry people that you, you know, you, you're the only thing standing between, between them and eating. And, uh, it's kind of a nerve wracking job to be a host. Uh, so we, we really want to create empathy for what that job really entails. And so that's why we have all of our engineers and designers go around the door at, at busy restaurants.
0: So you bring up a very good point. Absolutely. Reservation wait list that host application is critical. And, and those three really all go together. Is there specific hardware needed to run, um, your software, like a, is it a company supplied iPad? Can you use any tablet. Also, obviously, the success of a reservation and waitlist system is being able to tie back into your POS. Do you have integrations into majority of POS systems out there?
1: Yeah, we do. As far as point of sale, I mean the the you know all the major players. Um, you know, Aloha, Micros, Posi from kind of a traditional what I'll call traditional perspective, but then you know Toast and all the Modern folks, Brink, um, you know, Upserve; those are all ones that we that we link into. And then um, on the on the hardware front, it runs natively on iPad. Um, so yeah, you, it's not not an Android tablet. And The reason for that is we we want to go really really deep and make it easy to use. Right, if, if you get into the game of supporting multiple different instances, you basically have to, when you ship one feature, you have to ship it in three places. So we're just like putting all of our emphasis behind that one platform. And so that, that, that platform we chose was iPad.
0: Now, some of what you talked about earlier as well is, you know, it being so stressful at that host stand to make sure everything's accurate and running well. Earlier, you had mentioned AI. it sounds like you have some AI developers on your team to really take your product to the next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, uh, I would say that's something that is a, a differentiator of ours. Um, you know, it's just kind of the, the, the team that we've got behind it. So, you know, our head of data science, um, she was at Domino's for a number of years and they clearly know a little something about that. And, Prior to that, she worked. She has a computer science degree, uh, you know, background in AI research, and then she was like at a at a hedge fund as well. So it's like very, very deep in data, um, and specifically how to apply it in a restaurant context. So, like for instance, our our quoting algorithm is something that we've been continuously working on nonstop for three years, um, and I think just in terms of the number of different data points that we can take into account it's unique, right? Like, I think one thing that, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about uh, last time we spoke was how COVID has changed the game and what, it what is the industry going to look like once, you know, vaccines are fully distributed and people can, uh, can back, hopefully get back to, you know, life as it was. And I think one of the things that's, that's probably going to persist is that uh, takeout, I don't think is going to like go away. Uh I think takeout is going to continue to be a thing. So dine-in is going to come back in a bigger way. So I think you're going to have more pressure from a demand perspective on your kitchen than ever before. And uh, at least I hope, right? That would be a good thing, just considering how how difficult the last year has been demand-wise for a lot of restaurants. But I, if I had to bet, I would say that's going to happen. And by the way, we're seeing that now, like in the last couple of weeks, they've been our busiest weeks ever in terms of party creation. I think, you know, as people... As the weather starts to warm up and vaccines get distributed, that's going to be a big thing. So as far as algorithms go, what we've done is we have the ability to take into account uh, kitchen throughput as a as a metric for quoting the weight, right? So if you have a ton of online orders coming in and you've got a, a busy dining room, you're gonna have a bottleneck in the kitchen. And that could cause cook times to lengthen, and cook times lengthening causes uh, table turns to slow down, table turns, slowing down causes the waitlist to grow. So, you know, being able to watch that, uh, you know, that traffic jam build and be able to predict it, I think is, is going to be critical in the months ahead. And I think as far as I know, uh,
0: we're the only waitlist system that can do that. That is pretty awesome. And I think that's a very smart move. Now you're talking about all these different pieces, like looking into the POS are, are your integrations, are they native or are you using like a, a third party integration tool?
1: most well it depends on the on the system um our you know for some of the more modern ones that have like native apis uh toast uh brink you know those are ones that we go direct for uh but we are our big fans uh, and partners with omnivore as well and so for you know the the you know the more traditional points of sale that's what we're doing and that's you know it, it has allowed us to focus our engineering efforts in other areas that I think, um, brands have found to be differentiated in value add, And that's, you know, that was the initial reason why we went that route and why we continue to go down that route. I think, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep a pulse on that over time, but we've, we've been happy with that trade so far.
0: Excellent. Let's move on to the next module of your, your package that's marketing automation
1: at the end of the day, every business is about finding and keeping customers. And, you know, you, we probably all heard that quote from Bain and it didn't make sense to me when I first heard it, but um, it was, you know, if you improve customer retention by 5%, you can grow profit by, they say 25 to 90% or something ridiculous. It's like the widest range you've ever heard. Um, And it didn't really make sense to me, but what we've seen across the board, it doesn't matter whether you're a, you know, quick service, fast, casual, full service brand, high price, low price. What we've seen is that the top 20% of restru- uh, of diners drive about 60, 60% of sales. Top 20% drive 60% of sales almost everywhere, right? Almost every restaurant brand. So uh, with that, and, and the top 5% drive north of 25% of revenue, by the way. Uh, so what we've seen is like, you, you really, when you think about finding and keeping customers, you really want to know who those best customers are and retain them, right? Because if you retain that top 5% better, it's going to have a disproportionate impact on profitability. And if you know who those top 5% are, you can, using, you know, sophisticated digital marketing tactics that are broadly available today, uh, you can go find other people who are similar to those people online and get them to check you out. Actually measure those conversions, um, and and for the first time, just like an e-commerce company, know the LTV to CAC for a customer, the lifetime value to the customer relative to the customer acquisition cost, which is what e-commerce and retail have been doing for a long time. But the data is finally there in restaurants. So marketing automation is all of that stuff, right? It's being able to understand who your best customers are, and then find and keep those people in uh, in like an automated way right like basically removing all the you know manual work that typically a marketing team or an agency would have to do we have a bunch of campaigns that are best practice campaigns across acquisition frequency and retention uh, and spend and these are just like things that we've we've uh, seen work over the years and so like when you sign up with wisely you get access to this library of campaign ideas and setting them up is is easy compared to you know, now you got to go figure out what, okay, how do I use all this data? It comes out of the
0: box with wisely. Very powerful to the marketing departments uh, within the restaurants for sure. And the last segment or the last module you have is the sentiment segment. Uh, Maybe you can talk about that piece.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, it, it all comes back, everything that we've done comes back to, it has a direct effect on lifetime value and, you know, understanding what your guests are saying or thinking, I think is critical. You can look at the quantitative data. For instance, look, we can look at servers and menus and we can say, hey, these servers do a better job driving repeat frequency. These menu items do a better job at driving guests to come back. And you you can look at the quantitative side of that. But being able to look at the qualitative side as well and being able to say, okay, what do our best customers think about those new plant-based items that we ship? or what do our best customers think about that menu change that we rolled out in those couple of restaurants and those couple of markets? And uh, being able to do that in a nuanced way, like I'll give you an example. Some of our clients that are in in Fast Casual, uh, when they launch new menu items, they will send a text or email-based survey to those guests asking for feedback on those items specifically, only if they order those items, right? So they're they're using it in a in a very targeted way to collect information about what their guests are saying uh, on a on a very micro level. From a macro level, we are also aggregating not only the direct feedback like I just described, but we're also looking at the online reviews—Google, you know, uh, TripAdvisor, Facebook, for example—and we're able to pull in all those reviews across the platforms and and kind of give you a score on how are you trending. And and the whole point there it's obvious, but the whole point there is like, we want to identify trends before they're trends. And I think the direct feedback part of that is, is pretty powerful. Just considering, uh, you could, you could send a text message to somebody after they ordered online or after they made a waitlist party or made a reservation.
0: That is very cool. I like to definitely dig into a little bit more some other time and, and learn more about that. Now last week, if I'm not mistaken, you're, Company did an announcement on some new features. Can you talk about some of those?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I touched on a couple of them, but I like one of them. You know, I, some of them come back to how do you drive more top line results? Uh, how do you drive better bottom line results? Uh, you know, growth versus efficiency. One that I think is particularly cool um, is you know, for instance, with with our wait lists and reservation system as we said, it runs on an iPad in and it usually is at the host stand of the restaurant. Uh, with, with over the last year with COVID, there's been, of course, a ton of brands that have shifted their mix and now they're doing 30% off-prem uh, in a lot of cases, right? Or maybe even more. And uh, so, you know, whose job is it to manage that guest interaction, right? Who's the equivalent of a, ho- of a host for that part of the business? And I think folks have kind of uh taking different routes but what we do is we take for instance if you're using olo uh the olo orders can be they flow into wisely that can trigger a text message to the guest that allows for two-way communication they can text back here when their order arrives that here signal actually can cause a webhook to get sent some clients are about to they're, they're about to do this like literally within the next couple of weeks when a guest replies back here in that text message, it causes a light to go off in the kitchen, right? Uh, and, or or a receipt like a check printer, a receipt printer to like print out a receipt that says, "Hey, it skips here. Here's his order," right? So it makes sure that that handoff between the guest and uh, the restaurant for a curbsider to go uh, is is seamless one. So that's one thing that I think is really cool. The second thing, and it's related, is what I just described, I said online orders. What about call-in orders? That's been kind of a, a clunky experience. So the way it works now on Wisely is if Skip called my restaurant and placed an order, all I would do is key it into the POS, any POS. And I would add an item that is a phone number. And I would type, you know, skip your phone number in. So five 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 one two one two, boom, send it into the POS. And then, since Wisely is watching the data stream from the point of sale, we recognize when there is a phone number item on an order, and we say, "Oh, cool! This is a call in." We create that order in our system, fire out a text to Skip at that at that mobile number, and then when Skip arrives, he can write back here, and again, the light goes off in the in the back of the house, so or wherever it prints out a check or a, a, a chid or whatever. So we're just trying to make that whole part streamlined because I think. Running a restaurant was always really complicated, but post COVID, I think it's going to be even more complicated because you essentially have an e-commerce business and a brick and mortar business that you're running out of the same, out of the same venue. So those are a couple of examples. We've done a bunch of other stuff related to marketing automation and so on. But I think that that's a good example of something that we shipped.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to see some good, interesting mixes of technology outside of COVID. I, I, Truly, there's, I believe there's going to be a blend of technologies and it'll be very interesting to see where that heads. And now all of these yeah. products that you have, um, do they come as a bundle or can somebody cherry pick which features that they want?
1: We, you know, rule number one is be easy to do business with, right? So, you know, we don't force bundles or things on clients. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people will have three, four, five, maybe more different tech partners that do bits of this, right? And it's kind of fragmented and, and folks want to clean that up. So, you know, I think, you know, maybe 80% of the time it starts out as one or two things. And then over time, it, you know, when our clients are happy, they sign up for more, right? At the end of the day. So uh, we don't force anything like that onto our clients. And, and by the way, the other thing is we're very open. I think, you know, I, I the company that I want wisely to be is one that plays well in the sandbox with other partners out there. So we're, you know, as I said, we work on behalf of the brand. We do not have a consumer brand. Our contracts state that our clients own their, their data. Right. Um, And so we're not precious about, we have to do all this stuff. We have a super flexible API where you can integrate it from a waitlist and reservations perspective, or from a POS or ordering point of view, from a guest point of view, like we can, sync together APIs and and make the whatever stack folks have come to life for those that, that want, that value simplicity and and like less fragmentation, we certainly can scratch that itch as well, but we're, we're not dogmatic about it. We literally just do what the client, what what the client thinks is in their best interest.
0: Excellent. Well, if there's a listener out there right now that wants to get some more information, get a demo or get in contact with somebody from your sales team, how do they go about doing that?
1: Um, any, you know, there's, there's a lot of different doors and we're happy to answer any of them. One of them is you, there's a, on, on you can fill out a, uh, a form there and then we'll, we'll get back in touch with you and we can route you to the right person, depending on what service model you have or how many locations you have. We can get you in touch with the person who, who deals with that, uh, with that group. Um, secondly, you can just shoot me an email. It's Mike at getwisely.com.
0: Excellent, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with our listeners today. Uh, since becoming familiar yeah, with your so
1: much for having me, Skip, it was fun.
0: Absolutely, and since becoming familiar with your your uh, product over the past few months, I, once again, I really wish I would have known about your product before as I know of several great use case scenarios for it. Um, it's now going to be also one of those products that I'm um, going to be in the back of my mind and I'm going to be considering for future restaurant developers to help with efficiencies from both a restaurant level and a marketing level. So once again, thank you so much for today.
1: Pleasure to be here, Skip. Thanks. Have a great weekend.
0: They have some pretty cool solutions. And I love their AI backbone that supports everything and is constantly tweaking the algorithms along the way. Mike has been able to attract some pretty interesting and significant talent along the way, which emphasizes the fact that he's on the right track to producing a product that is a standard in our industry that needs to be looked at. I repeat it week after week, but if you'd like to reach out to me and ask me some questions, please feel free to do so. You can do that via everything social at Skip Kimple. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Of course, you can always go to the website at skipkimple.com where you can get all the show notes for this show and every other show that I've ever posted. And if you really feel brave, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm daring you, I'm double dog daring you here, leave a comment or a comment hotline at 954 Next week, I have a very good friend of mine on the show and a very well-known name in the industry, Toby Melbach. I know most of you know him, but if this happens to be the first time you are hearing his name, you are in for a real treat. And in either case, you won't want to miss next week's show. Not only is he a good friend and a colleague, he is a thought leader with some great insights to our industry. So, until next Tuesday... Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends.